Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. And I have a guest on the podcast. It is the cricket that is uh, in my room somewhere and I can't find this cricket anywhere. So um, every once in a while it will chirp into the microphone just to let you know. (laughs) So the cricket is the guest speaker today. But anyway, we're going to be talking about Exodus chapter 22, verses 10 through 17. And uh, this is kind of a weird portion of scripture, I think. It's just something that doesn't really apply to nowadays, at least not too much. So uh, we're going to have to get down to the heart of what God is talking about today. So let's go ahead and uh, turn in our Bibles to... Exist 22, 10 through 17, and as I always do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible today. If a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or any animal to keep, and it dies or is injured, or driven away, no man seeing it, then the oath of Yahweh shall be between them both. He has not put his hand on his neighbor's goods, and its owner shall accept it, and he shall not have to make restitution." But if it is stolen from him, the one who stole it shall make restitution to its owner. If it is torn into pieces, let him bring it in for evidence. He shall not make good that which was torn. If a man borrows anything of his neighbors and it is injured or dies, its owner not being with it, he shall surely make restitution. But if its owner is with it, he shall not make it good. If it is a leased thing, it came for its lease." If a man entices a virgin who isn't pledged to be married and lies with her, he shall surely pay a dowry for her to be his wife. And if her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. Like I said, not really a lot here that we can (laughs) take away nowadays, but let's uh, break this down as best as we can. So uh, starting here in verse 10, it says that if a man uh, gives something to his neighbor to watch it, and this is talking specifically about animals, and we can think about that nowadays, especially in Western culture, when we go out of town, we often ask people to watch our dogs for us, at least I do. I have a little dog and uh, I ask my mom usually to watch my dog while I'm out of town and she usually does. And so um, and so I think that is a pretty common thing that we do. So what God is saying here to the Israelite people, now remember this was a farming community. They had a lot of cattle and uh, it, it even says that in the Bible. It says that they went up with much cattle. <laughs> That's the old-fashioned way of saying that they had a ton of cattle. So um, if somebody is lending their animals, or I'm sorry, not lending, but asking another person to do them a solid and um, watch their animals while they're out of town, then it says here that if something happens to the animal, for example, if uh, the animal is stolen or if it dies or if it is injured, it says here that um, the neighbor who was watching the animals should not have to 
pay for that animal's life, if that makes sense. Now, this is only in the case if this person who is watching the animal is a trustworthy person who really, really did watch the animals the best that he possibly could. So say that, um, okay, for example, let me just say a story that actually happened to me a couple of years ago. So my friend, who's one of my oldest friends, uh, I've known her since I think elementary school, uh, she had a very old dog. And this dog was like 15 or 16 years old. Like it was a very, very old dog. And I remember this dog. I remember the day that they got this dog. And uh, it was such a cute little puppy. But of course, you know, many years later, he was an old uh, grouchy guy. But um, my friend had me watch uh, their dog because they were going out of town and they were scared to put him in a kennel because he was old. He had no teeth and he this medicine given to him in a very specific way. So this was the toughest animal I have ever watched because uh, I was terrified that he was going, because he was so old, that he was going to die under my watch. Like that was a legitimate concern for me. I'm like, oh my goodness. I Like I was praying to God, please don't let Rocky die under my care. <laughs> you know, I was taking the best care of that dog I possibly could, you know, chopping up his vitamins and giving, to them, giving them to him uh, three times a day. And, you know, he had a small bladder. So I was letting him out every, 15 minutes and uh, luckily I was um, I was able to work from home back then and uh, the dog you know I was able to take very good care of him I was doing the best I could and what God is saying here is that if you're doing the best you possibly can with somebody else's um, animals say you know you're doing them a favor and you're watching their animals for them but if the dog or any animal I should say dies under their care say of old age or um you know, something happens to it or it gets injured in some way, then uh, the person who was watching the animal should not have to um, pay for that animal's life. So if Rocky had died under my care, which would have been very unfortunate, then basically God is saying that I would have been an innocent person. Even though it's a terrible thing that would have happened, and I'm sure my friend would have been extremely sad not to be there for the end of her dog's life. God is saying that, um, you know, that I am an, an innocent person because I did take as best of care of that animal as I possibly could. Now, if the animal got stolen or say, okay, in a different case, a sheep, you know, the Israelites had tons of sheep. So say uh, they're going out of town and they need somebody to watch their sheep for them. And a wolf comes and the shepherd is unable to fight off that wolf and has to run for his life. And one of the neighbor's sheep gets killed by this wolf. God says in this case, you have to take the uh, the carcass as evidence to be like, look, you know, the animal, I couldn't fight off this bear or this wolf and look what happened. So you have to show the animal's body to the owner and say, this is what happened. Now, at this point, the neighbor who owned the animal originally, it says here, he should uh, actually take his word for it. So God is saying, you know, if this happens and that person was trustworthy and was really watching your animals and just couldn't help it, you know, and the animal ended up dying or getting hurt in some way, then uh, you just need to take their word for it if there's no evidence against them. And you need to trust them that uh, their word is good, basically. So this is kind of a principle of innocent until proven guilty. And I think that's what God is really trying to drive home here. So I think there's three things God's trying to drive home with this, even though, you know, it's it's hard to make this apply nowadays because we don't we're not, you know, here in America, at least we don't have a ton of sheep. Well, we do, but not where I live. But um, 
what God is saying here is, first and foremost, if you're going to do something for your neighbor, take good care of their animals. Treat them as if they were your own animals. That's what God is saying to do. So have respect for the life of your neighbor's animals and actually even for your neighbor. Have respect for your neighbor and for your neighbor's things and for your neighbor's animals. I think the second thing is, you know, trust your neighbor. Don't hold it over their heads, God is saying to the Israelites. Don't hold it over their heads if something does happen to your animal, something unfortunate. You know, don't blame your neighbor or be mean to them, especially if it was an accident. And then the third thing here is innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of the premise of verses 10 through 12 here. Or I'm sorry, 10 through 13, actually. But then it says here that if somebody borrows an animal from his neighbor and it gets injured or dies while the owner is not with it, then the borrower shall make full restitution. So say, okay, once again, farming community, the Israelites lived in a in a huge farming community. So say something happens to somebody's ox and they have to plow their field and they don't have an ox because the ox is sick or something. They can borrow an ox from their neighbor, but at this point they need to take care of it. But say the animal dies or gets injured while the owner is not with it at this point. When the... Uh, when the person is borrowing it. Because if a person is borrowing an animal, then they're putting it to work. That's you, I mean, that's the only way you can think of that. If you borrow an animal, you're definitely putting it to work. Because I don't just go and borrow my neighbor's dogs. <laughs> I have one of my own that's uh, plenty of work. So <laughs> usually in the case of borrowing an animal, it would typically be an, a work animal a horse or a sheep or a goat or an ox. So you're putting it to work. And so if it gets injured during that job or dies during that job, then you are responsible for the life of that animal is what God says. It says that the borrower shall make full restitution for that animal. So that means paying his neighbor back with the same amount. So if the ox dies, you have to buy your neighbor another ox and then it says that if the owner is with it so say you guys are working together and the animal ends up dying while both you and uh, the owner of that animal are together then the borrower does not have to make full restitution why would that be because the owner is there to make sure that their animal is being okay is being taken care of and so if the owner is slave driving that animal along with his neighbor and they don't care about its life and it dies god is saying sorry you don't get another animal <laughs> so uh it says that in that case, the borrower does not uh, have to pay for that animal's life because the owner was there to make sure that the animal was, in fact, getting taken care of. But the owner obviously wasn't doing a good job of that. So then it says that if the animal was hired uh, the, and it accidentally gets hurt during um, the hiring fee, it says that it's in the price of the fee is what God says. It says it's leased. The animal is be being leased. So it says at that point, that person does not have to um, pay for that animal's life because they already paid. They didn't borrow. They already paid basically for that animal. So then it says here, this is kind of the weird part with the seducing a virgin. <laughs> okay, so it says here in verse 16 and 17, 
that if a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he must pay a dowry or a marriage price for her to be his wife. So here in Western culture, we don't pay dowries. Typically, we just get married. And (laughs) so a dowry is a concept that, I mean, I think it's still around the world to this day. A dowry was something that ancient Israelites paid because it was to pay the father to buy a wife as bad as that sounds that's kind of what it is because when a man was willing to pay a dowry to have a wife or that particular wife he was saying he is willing to take care of this girl so in other words this girl was valuable to this man enough that he would pay a pretty hefty price to have her as his wife so this was something to show that the man was definitely interested and showing uh, to the girl's father, I'm going to take care of your daughter. I love her. I, I want her as a wife. And to show that he is not messing around because he's willing to pay this pretty crazy price to uh, have this girl be his wife. So it says that um, if a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed, that uh, he has to marry her. That is God's law. So God is saying here, don't have casual sex. That's something that here in America happens all the time and in fact is taught in our schools very regularly. I was um, lucky enough to not have to go through uh, the health class with <laughs> at my high school. I don't know how I missed out on that one, but they did not teach um, abstinence at my high school. They taught um, whatever you wanted, you know, safe sex or whatever it was. So God is saying here, you know, there's no such thing as casual sex because sex is a very important thing. And so God is saying, you know, if a man ends up seducing this girl, say she's a virgin, and uh, he seduces her in some way in order to lie with her, he takes his, he takes advantage of her. He deceives her, not necessarily rape, but he's deceiving her, uh, maybe leading her on a little bit. Who knows? But that is what the Hebrew is implying here in this um, in this uh, portion. It says that there, you know, this man now has to pay the dowry price to have this girl be his wife. That's There's no two ways about it. It says that it doesn't even matter if the dad of this young girl decides he hates this guy and he's like, no way, you're not marrying my daughter. It says here, <laughs> it says here that the man still has to pay the equivalent money of the dowry to the dad. It says that even if the dad is like, no way, you, you loser, you're not marrying my daughter. It says one way or the other, this man has to pay the dowry either for her to be his wife or for her to not be his wife. So this is not casual sex at all. This is uh, a very important thing. And God is, is placing importance on uh, the marriage and on post-marriage sex, not premarital sex, but post-marital. Now, of course, the girl at this point wouldn't be a virgin anymore. In that day and age, that would have been punishment enough because at that point, she uh, might have had a harder time finding a husband. So it, God is just saying here, don't just have this passionate lust for each other. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to live as holy people. And God is saying that even sex can be holy You know, there's a holy way to do sex. (laughs) And here's the thing. This is in the Bible. This is here for us to see. And so we have to make sure here that um, 
We don't just brush over this stuff. And I mean, these are God's words. You know, I mean, God was speaking this directly to Moses and Moses was penning this down as God was speaking this. This is showing God's character. If you read the law, the first five books of the Bible, this is all talking about God the Father and his character and his personality. So rather than just saying, oh, you know, this is outdated, this, this, we don't have to follow this anymore. Well, where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say in the Bible that we shouldn't be studying the Old Testament law? In fact, Jesus says that he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. So it is still here for a reason. And even though, yes, some of this is outdated because we don't do dowries anymore, it doesn't mean that it is outdated spiritually. And I do believe that we need to study this and just look at what God's character really is through these passages of scripture. So I think today's episode was actually pretty interesting. I didn't think when I read these verses, I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about here. But I think we had some pretty good discussions here. And uh, this is, was a really fascinating uh, portion of scripture. So uh, friends and faithful listeners, join me on Friday as we talk about, I believe, the rest of this chapter. Actually, no, not quite. But we will um, be finishing up this chapter very soon and getting into some really heavy stuff in Exodus. Uh, with what the Israelites were doing and different things. We all know the story of the golden calf, and that is coming up pretty soon here. But friends and faithful listeners, definitely go to my website, www.p40ministries.com shop, and take a look at the brand new fall design I have available in the t-shirt shop. It is uh, some buffalo check pumpkins, and it says, I can't remember what it says, give thanks or something like that. <laughs> I think it says in all things give thanks, which is, I think, taken from First Thessalonians. But um, take a look at that. And uh, if you want to get yourself a cute little fall item, definitely consider the designs in the P40 Ministries shop. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Make sure to share this episode on your social media platforms and to like it and rate it five stars or to subscribe to the podcast. And you can also write a review on Apple Podcasts, which is very helpful because the more reviews I get, the more people can find the podcast, the more uh, Apple and uh, Google and everything else will will uh, spread the content of it. So if you feel inclined to do that, um, that is a great way to spread the word about the P40 Ministries podcast. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy listening and God bless.